Michigan State University is embarking on a comprehensive university facilities and land use plan, which will provide a flexible framework for the future of the East Lansing campus and statewide facilities. Over the past month, Michigan State has initiated a facilities and land use planning effort to consider how the East Lansing campus and statewide facilities should align with the university's long-term strategic goals. The hope is that this effort will allow all Spartans, students, faculty, staff, alumni, and community members to shape future physical investments in support of our teaching, research, and outreach mission. Guided by the university strategic plan, this planning process provides an opportunity to advance equity, bolster community health, and enhance support systems for students, faculty, staff, alumni, and visitors through the physical environment of MSU's land and facilities. The resulting framework plan will provide us with a roadmap to guide MSU's future campus composition for the next generation. Barbara Krantz is Assistant Provost for Institutional Space Planning and Management, and Stephen Troost is a Campus Planner in Infrastructure Planning and Facilities. They're leading this project, and it's a pleasure to welcome them both to MSU today. Thanks, Russ. Um, appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you today. Um, very excited to be part of the Facilities and Land Use Plan for the campus. A bit about my background I've been on campus over 35 years. I've spent my whole career here planning um, space and facilities supporting the campus. The campus plan that we are working on right now will help inform and guide our work as we go forward. And I'm excited to be part of it, to be leading the effort with Steve Troost. And we look forward to hearing from our campus partners. Great. And Steve, a little bit of your background, please. Thanks, Russ. Um, well, I've been with the university 15 years. Uh, prior to that, I was a, in the consultant business and worked for a consulting firm that did campus master plans across the country. And when I learned that my alma mater was completing the Vision 2020 plan and were looking for a campus planner full-time position, I took up the challenge because I wanted to help my alma mater figure out roadmaps to the future, help them solve some of their, their key issues. So as I said, I've been with the university 15 years now, and I have focused primarily on updating and managing the campus master plan and so that means a lot of different things but it really is is making sure and guiding physical change to the campus construction projects on through and making sure they're in alignment with the plan and its principles so give us a little bit of a history lesson of maybe some past plans how we got to where we are now with this new plan well the vision 2020 plan was the first comprehensive plan the university had conducted in over 35 years always had a very strong planning presence under campus park and planning. Um, and then when they completed that plan, uh, it, it really gave a, a, a roadmap to the future. It was a 20-year look, hence the name 2020 Vision. Um, and um, as, as that plan went through, um, the, the leadership of the university decided that they needed to have processes in place that could guide successful achievement of what the plan was asking for. And out of that came the Campus Infrastructure Planning Work Group, which is a, a group that meets regularly constituents from across the campus. And they review all the projects moving through the board process to make sure they're in alignment with the plan. And they are advisory to the provost and the executive vice president for administration. 
And then since then, we've also decided as an institution, we would update the plan every five years. So we've done three internal updates using in-house resources um, to get us to where we are today. And now we're embarking on our next really comprehensive plan. And as part of that, the plan supports the teaching, research, and outreach missions of the university. And the principles around the development of the campus um, are in support. We use that to support how we think about and where we place our buildings and um, engage our community. So let's talk about exactly what is the university facilities and land use plan? What's sort of the goal and the mission now? Well, I can start out there. I'll, I'll give you my, um, my, my lecture notes from when I get to go over and do some uh, guest speaking with the School of Planning, Design, and Construction. Um, uh, there's five tenets that pop into my mind. Um, one, it's rooted in the university's strategic plan. Where that is that is where we get guidance from. And then in addition, the academic plan, which is in process. And then in addition to that, we've got some other strategic efforts that we want to make sure we are following. And that's our diversity, equity, and inclusion plan, as well as our relationship violence and sexual misconduct planning. All of those reinforce each other and give us guidance to how we would think about developing the physical campus. The second tenant is it's a decision-making tool. And it's really guided by overarching timeless planning principles um, that help us look at every project moving through the system and how it supports the vision for the campus. The three, it's a flexible framework. And that's an important concept to remember. It's flexible. It guides the highest and best use of our land and our facilities. It doesn't dictate growth. It doesn't say things will happen, but it stays flexible because one thing we know for certain in higher education is it will always be changing dynamics to deal with. The fourth tenet is it enhances safety, and it does that through the optimal organization of campus systems and operations. So how we can put together vehicular circulation with non-motorized, where we put a dining facility, draws traffic, all of those things have an impact. It's almost like the ecology of campus planning. Everything's interrelated, and one move changes and has a dynamic upon the other. And then I give one last one, and that's with process. And I really think that sometimes the process is more important than the product. And campus plans allow the entire Spartan nation to give voice to what they think the campus of future should be. Everyone's passionate about campus. One of the last decisions you make, do I want to go to this school? And it's one of the ones you take with you as an alumni and hold in your heart as you continue your life endeavors. All really well said, Steve. Barb, anything to add? Well, I would add, and Steve mentioned the... um, number of strategic plans that have have been uh, rolled out recently. It really is, um, I'd say, a unique time um, for an institution to have rolled out multiple plans, and now we're embarking on the campus plan. And so we really do want to hear as many voices as we can. As Steve said, process is important. Hearing from our community is very important. And things have changed in 20 years. Um, If we think about our DEI plan and the strategic plan, the values within that, how do we think about and incorporate um, those principles from those plans and think about community engagement, social engagement, how are we going to, the mobility and it's social mobility, it's transportation, a whole range of things, health and wellness and how do we leverage our campus And again, um, we have a beautiful campus. We hope to retain that, the Arboretum, around teaching and learning. Um, But it also contributes to health and wellness, both mental and physical. 
the role of the arts, the institution's very interested in, in weaving that in and across both not only our curriculum, but research, but everyday activity uh, for our students, faculty, staff, and students. There's a whole um, component around sustainability. That's not just buildings, but environment, financially, um, for, for, for all of us as humans here on uh, coming to campus, how, does it, how do we uh, leverage that? And then cultural changes, and that's wide-ranging as well. And the whole um, conversations, I think, through the pandemic around resiliency and belonging, how, how, how all of that can be, we um, incorporate that into the principles and some strategies with the campus plan. And if I, if I can, a couple more things. Of course. Um, especially as we come out of um, the pandemic that we've learned, that's accelerated some things, uh, teaching and learning and the modalities around that, um, the importance of the, the campus in terms of the community and when we're here, um, and what will work look like, um, both for our faculty, our staff, um, if we're in a hybrid mode, how does that work? What, do we, what experiences do we want around that and how are we successful? So I think we have a lot to look forward to, a lot to engage on with our um, stakeholders, and um, I'm excited again. Just and I'm going to ask you more about that in a minute, Barb. Okay. You both described it so well. I think it is important to emphasize how, as you've said, this plan is the physical manifestation of the university's strategic plan. All the plans you mentioned really go hand in hand at the university. And I know you want input and feedback from Spartan Nation, so talk about what you want them to share with you and how they do it. Um, Russ, we're, we're embarked with a, a consultant, Sasaki Associates. Um, they are an international planning firm and they specialize in campus planning. Uh, we are currently in the listening session stage of, uh, of the plan. Uh, it'll be a year and a half long effort before we get to final documentation. The first couple of months up through June of this year, we're listening, gathering ideas, looking at the campus, assessing it, analyzing it. We'll then move through uh, an ideation stage where they look at the alternative scenarios for how the campus may be put together based on what they've heard. And again, guidance from the strategic plan. And then we'll have a, a, about six months to do final documentation. So there's gonna be lots of time for input. Currently, we have a uh, Map My Campus um, survey open. And if folks can go to campusplan.msu.edu, they'll find a link there and you can go online and tell us your views of the campus. Where's your special place? Where are places you think need to be fixed? What's your route through campus? Are there areas of concern that you wanna make sure get addressed in the plan? And we're looking to get quite a bit of input from faculty, staff, students, and alumni, as well as community members who come here as visitors. We wanna understand how we can enhance the physical campus of composition through that Map My Campus website. It'll be open through the 22nd of this month. Um, and then there will be opportunities throughout the planning process to go to that website, campusplan.msu.edu, and offer your input or ideas on things that you're hearing or seeing. We'll also have some uh, extensive town hall meetings coming up in the fall when folks are back on campus, had a chance to settle down and get into the new semester. And then we'll be able to look at some of those scenarios and alternatives and get input on what people think about those. And Barb, talk more about some of the things that will impact the planning of land use and facilities. Like you talked about, teaching modalities are changing. How does hybrid remote working our solar arrays and the coming mobility, just what are some things that will impact the plan? 
So I think on the teaching and learning side in the modality uh, piece, so if we think about the large lecture halls, um, large courses, um, 600 students, how does that look going forward? Do we still bring 600 students to a classroom? Or is that a piece that gets um, done remotely, and, but, but then there's a need to have a hands-on experiential component? That will translate into different types of spaces. Um, we're already hearing in some of our listening sessions around community and, and being with, with our peers. So again, from a uh, formal teaching and learning standpoint, what does that look like? And how does that change over time? And again, the, the plan is something, where, you know, it's a 10, 20 plus year look. So, and then whatever we build or how we develop will be here for, for many generations. On the, on the work side, um, if people, staff, faculty are here three days a week, for example, what kinds of engagements are important to have to both build community and, and relationships within the work environment to accomplish our work, to be efficient and supportive. We have, but we will also have, there's a lot of work that, um, with faculty, staff that interface with students. So we'll have a mix on campus, but what does that look like? How do we organize it? Well, we need to move people around. Is it new buildings, combinations, and how do we, again, be thoughtful about that to make sure our student experiences are top-notch and our faculty, staff are supported as well so that we have a vibrant, vibrant and sustainable uh, community. And Steve, I think you were saying we want to be looking at what do people want to come to campuses for now. We, we all kind of like some part of working or studying at home so that when we do come to campus, you were saying we want to collaborate, not just come and sit in another office, right? Yeah, through the listening sessions we've conducted to date, Barb and I are hearing that um, the value-added proposition of why you'd come back to campus is that people want to collaborate. You can, uh, you can do your work from home, and there are aspects of that that, that, that are fine. But when people do come to campus, they want to have small seminar rooms, just open atrium spaces for a cup of coffee, just areas that they can get together and collaborate. And when, and when you think back, I, I made this comment earlier, there's lots of ways you can learn and you can continually learn throughout your life. But you come to campus to be with people. And that's why we have campuses. And that's the most important aspect to me. So to me, that's the elephant in the room. I'm going to proclaim post-pandemic, <laughs> but um, you know it's that it's that ability of how do we blend that hybrid work, teaching, learning, research environment with the very high-touch environment we need when we're on campus. Is that what you mean when you talk about a living laboratory now for a campus? Well, yeah, I mean the campus is a living uh, learning laboratory at multiple. I, I put it under sustainability, as Barb mentioned. You know, we use the campus for so many things. We do research. The campus is an arboretum with some 20,000 trees on record. We look to uh, use the woodlots for teaching. I mean, we heard in one of the, the listening sessions that we shouldn't be thinking about the campus as just open space, but as a programmable element of our academic mission. And how do you do that? And it's beyond just a Beale Garden or the Horticultural Demonstration Gardens, the 4-H Children's Garden, the Clancy Lewis Arboretum, but it's Every open space ought to be more than just something you pass through. And Barb, what are you thinking about when you say, will we even, when you wonder about if we'll even call them campuses down the road? Around that, if we think about Michigan State, you know, going back even the 20 years, we were primarily, in terms of our built environment, 
East Lansing and referred to as a campus. We now have uh, you know, a vibrant um, medical in Grand Rapids. The recent announcement of the Henry Ford MSU uh, partnership down in Detroit. Uh, we have a human medicine in Flint. And will, we, will that become part of what we would actually refer to as a campus? Or does it take on another, a different name or uh, way in which we acknowledge those? So that was in terms of how just a question as we uh, look forward. Yeah. What think key takeaways would you like those joining in on our conversation to take away about the plan? For me, it, it's, again, that flexible framework. The plan will not tell us where we're going because the beauty of higher educational institutions, top research institutions, is they're continually evolving and changing. And we're a land grant or a world grant, if you will, right? And so we're constantly evolving and looking at what it is we can be doing as the, as the state's institution. And that's going to continually give us um, challenges in the future for how we grow and how we develop the campus. Um, and so that flexible framework gives us the guiding principles of what we want it to be. And then as every project folds into it, we continually assess how it can expand upon and, and, and allow for successful completion of those planning principles. And when we uh, talk about back to the campus and Steve's reference and, a, and the state's institution, we also have Michigan State unique with its um, ag extension programs or ag bioresearch and extension programs. Um, we have over 20,000 acres um, across the state and we're in every county in the state. So again, the plan, while a big piece of it is in terms of its physical assets in East Lansing, we are all over Michigan, and as Steve said, we're national, international. But how, how we plan going forward um, to acknowledge all of that. And Russ, I would add, too, that you know one of the things to remember is we often go back to maybe the, the 2020 plan 20 years ago, or we go back to the founding of the institution in 1855, but our legacy goes farther, farther back than that, right? So the land acknowledgment, the issue with the fact that we, that we occupy ancestral lands of the Anishinaabe and the three tribes, we need to be remembering those decisions when we make land use decisions. That was Steve Troost, a campus planner in infrastructure planning and facilities at MSU, and Barb Krantz, who is the Associate Provost for Institutional Space Planning and Management. The website to offer your feedback and stay up to date on MSU's facilities and land use plan is campusplan.msu.edu. I'm Russ White for MSU Today.